This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 63 is brought to us by our friends at Blueberry Markets. If you've been holding off all this time in finding a Forex broker or a secondary Forex broker, now is going to be your time because not only are you getting the broker with the best customer service in the world, not only are you getting your own personal customer service representative, you are getting twice the bonus you would have gotten two weeks ago. Just for going down to the description, clicking on the blog for Blueberry Markets, scrolling down to the bottom and clicking on my affiliate link. I have no idea how long this promotion is going to last, so if you want it, get it now. This is unfortunately only available to people outside of the United States, but if you are inside of the United States, also go down to the show notes. I have a link for you down there as well. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and I gotta say, you guys really are a great audience. Um, I'll take a little tiny bit of credit here. I did kind of condition a lot of you at the very beginning with the earlier episodes of this podcast, saying, hey, look, this is what contrarian investing is all about. You're either in or you're out. You either understand the ups and downs or you are just not cut out for this. It's not for everybody. You guys understand not to invest money you can't afford to lose, so that's why everybody here is pretty chill and they don't panic when things go down. But you also do expect that much of this is going to be a very bumpy ride. And when you experience drawdown, you are probably going to experience more drawdown than most investors will. But the upside we are attempting to achieve makes it more than worth it. Now, after those initial episodes, I had done dedicated episodes on investment opportunities uh, from all over the investment plane. Now, some of these I had invested in myself. Some of them were just simply ideas for you to research and possibly put on your own watch list for the future. Now, for the sake of accountability, uh, which is really, really lacking in this space, let's be honest, uh, this episode I'm going to go over, uh, out of all the episodes I've done so far, the two investments that I have gotten the most wrong. Now, I need to specify what we're doing here because I don't want people to go down in the comments section and say, oh, well, what about this? What about that? You know, the market's down right now. A lot of things we've talked about on here are experiencing drawdown. Again, you were supposed to be ready for that. I would say the majority of my podcast listeners actually embrace it and look forward to buying more at a lower price, which is exactly the approach I think you need to take. But the two missed calls I'm talking about today are two things that I really expected, time-wise, to have moved up quite a bit by now, um, which is really silly for me to do because we don't ask the question when here on the podcast, but I really did think these two things in particular would have treated us really, really well by now, and they just haven't. And then I'm also going to tell you my plans for what I'm going to do about them. So that's where I think the real takeaway lesson is here. You know, but understand, this isn't really an episode on futility. I'm pretty happy with where everything is. I've tried to document as many things as I can on the investment side to you guys. Uh, you guys know from reading the blog how early I got into things like metals and crypto and things like that. So all of those, even despite this, you know, this bear market we're in on all those things, uh, is up overall. And then there were even some calls I made, uh, episode 18, uh, Trust Wallet Token. Gotta say, this was completely unexpected, how well this thing has done despite the bear market. This is actually up 
since I made the call back in October of 2021, which was right about the top of the crypto market, even after the huge drop we have had. Trust Wallet Token is still up from that call. You know, I got it at a dollar. I averaged down when the price dropped, and it is at a dollar six right now. So shout out to Trust Wallet Token. Even yesterday, after the bloodbath we had in the crypto market, when most things were down anywhere from right about 10 to 15 percent, Trust Wallet was up two percent. It has now cracked the CoinGecko top 100. Bananas. Energy has done very well since the initial calls. Um, uranium, despite dropping a lot, is still up from where we talked about it back in 2020. Oil has gone up a bit and held steady. And natural gas, at this point, contrarians, if you invested in anything natural gas related, back when I first mentioned it, uh, you may want to think of taking profit pretty soon here. Not because there's a chance it's going to go down. I don't think there's a chance it's going to go down. I think it has a very bright future price-wise, but it's just simply the right thing to do. You know, taking profit when you really don't want to take profit, even though it's the right thing to do, is typically the right thing to do. So anyway, enough of that. Let's get to the negative portion of the show. And the first one I want to talk about, out of the two worst calls I think I have made on this podcast so far, is something I really, really thought was as close to a done deal as there possibly was. And that's going to be episode 21, Carbon Credits. You know, I'd mentioned this in the past on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel when I talked about copper. You know, I love it when governments come out, you know, world governments who all combine to think the same way because they're all kind of ran by the same cartel, if you know what I mean, saying, hey, this is what we are going to do, and we are going to mandate that companies and really entire sovereign nations do this. You know, that to me is a very bullish sign. Yeah, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, anytime you went to Google Flights to book a plane flight, you would see right there the carbon emissions for every flight available. Now, you're like, okay, hey, this is really going to be a thing. But so far... These things just not only have not taken off, the price of these stocks, even back when the market was raging, had done nothing but decline slowly and consistently this entire time. And then oddly enough, when we finally hit recession status, these things actually took a little bit of a bump upward throughout August, Uh, but certainly not enough to recover even a fraction of those losses. Now, I would probably classify carbon credits in that ESG basket, I guess, environmental social governance, which was such a big thing starting in 2017, really had its peak about 2020, 2021. And then reality finally took over and these things all experienced a decline right around the same time. Now, the reason a lot of people on the ESG side have given, and I'm not disputing this reason, this could be completely legit for all I know, but during 2020, uh, during the lockdowns and things like that, A lot of these companies had a really hard time getting the materials they needed to make a lot of this green technology. So a lot of these projects either got stymied for a while or just flat out couldn't get off the ground. And okay, fair enough. But you remember we were talking before how most of these larger ETFs in the ESG basket included things like Exxon, Amazon, like... Things that any really environmentally conscious person would be appalled if they actually knew were in these ETFs. Now, the good news for the people who run these ETFs is most environmentalists are very lazy and they don't look under the hood. They don't really do research. They just like feeling good about the things they hear. 
If you even tell them something and say, hey, this is completely false, however, X, Y, and Z, and it makes them feel good, they will believe it. It's a really dangerous thing, actually. Um, so despite the, the wonky makeups of a lot of these ESG ETFs, they all did really well. And then they finally started to come back down to earth starting 2021. And then a lot of them lately, especially after the uh, the inflation reduction bill got passed, which really had nothing to do with reducing inflation. If you guys believe any of these titles, like uh, the CARES Act or any of this bullshit they come up with, you're an idiot. But this thing was mostly a climate change bill. And ESG is finally back on the rise. You know, might it take carbon credits with it? Possibly. But then again, we have to worry about an even deeper recession, possibly going into a depression. What's that going to do? And then in the United States, it is expected that a Republican Congress is going to take over after the midterm elections. You know, what is that going to do? So I think there's a lot of real headwinds for carbon credits going forward, uh, more so than there are tailwinds, in my opinion. But then again, you got a guy like Marin Katusa, who I respect more than just about anybody else I listen to, uh, who has pretty much doubled down on carbon credits at this point. You know, so where I sit now with my carbon credits holdings is I'm probably going to wait till the end of the year. And then if I need to do any tax loss harvesting, these will probably be the first to go. I mean, ask me again in December, I might say something different. But as far as right now goes, come December, if I had to dump anything, it would probably be these. But for now, I'm holding and I am trying to remain optimistic. You know, there's a lot of things in my portfolio that are down, but this is the one thing that like really timing wise, I was almost positive we'd be seeing something really great out of these things by now. And we have just seen nothing but the opposite. So I'm considering this to be one of my two worst calls. Now, the other one might surprise you. One of, if not the, actually, I think the most popular and well-received in terms of enthusiasm episode I have ever done on this podcast was episode 32, the Cardano ecosystem. Now, again, this was mostly a timing thing. And if anybody understands Cardano, you know that patience is an absolute virtue on this blockchain. Your expectations really need to be tempered from a time standpoint. But When it came to a lot of the new tokens that were coming out in the Cardano DeFi world, and especially in the metaverse, you know, many of us expected a lot better than we have gotten so far. First off, let's start with a lot of the DeFi tokens and a lot of the project tokens. Those things against Cardano have all tanked. Actually, maybe one or two exceptions in there, but one or two out of maybe a hundred. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have a very bright future. Now, that just means that at the time, they were not very good investments. It was better to actually wait. Um, Now, when it came to the metaverse, this was a little bit different. Some of these projects really did a great job of giving us a bit of FOMO to say, hey, we have the land mint coming up where you can mint NFTs, and these NFTs give you parcels of land which give you ownership in this project. And in all fairness, most of them did not tell us that all these great things were coming around the corner. A couple projects actually did. There was one on the Cardano ecosystem called Metadams, which said that we would be playing a portion of this game all the way back in March, April. It's August now, and we don't seem any closer than we were back then. Not good. 
I've pretty much turned off all notifications on that Discord until I actually hear that we can actually start playing parts of that game, and I'm not expecting to for a while. A blog I just wrote a week ago on Alluvium um, had something similar. Now, they're not delaying that long, but you know they said four to eight weeks after we bought our land parcels that we would be able to play a portion of the game that had a lot to do with the land parcels we bought. And it just didn't happen. You know, we would probably be in week 13 or 14 right now. They're now saying it's going to be more of a uh, September release, but, you know, we're, we're still waiting. Now, anybody that's ever waited for a video game to be released knows that they never, ever come out on time. I mean, I see these people crying in Discord. I'm like, guys, act like you've been there before, all right? Now, I will say one thing in their defense. You know, classically in the past... If a video game would simply wait longer to be released, then monetarily that didn't mean anything to you because that just meant you weren't spending any yet. With these, we're actually spending money with the anticipation of a return. And I am okay waiting as long as it takes, but if you sit there and tell me that I should be generating income by a certain time, well, then that is a bit different. You should be more beholden to that. But the bottom line here is pretty much every bit of metaverse land you could have bought on the cardano ecosystem during the mint you can get for a lot cheaper right now and it's better because you have a lot more information about that land and about that project than we did back when we minted now i really have no regrets about this Uh, we had a great time in the discord forum there's about 10 or 12 of us that would almost kind of form a team and kind of a think tank and kind of work together with a lot of these projects and that was super fun and really we didn't have any kind of precedent to reference you know this was the very first time for a lot of these projects and a lot of these things were coming out on the cardano ecosystem right around the same time so you just kind of had to close your eyes and jump Now, I'm still very bullish on most of these projects that I invested in, and so I'm keeping everything. Unlike carbon credits, I have no plans to sell any of this stuff. But one thing I did learn is anytime a mint comes out for Metaverse land, I'm probably going to bypass it and just wait to get it on the secondary market later. Because even if they promise you that you will be able to use this land and start making money off of it a month later, it's probably not going to happen. It's just the nature of the business. But my message to you guys, if you have any interest in getting into the metaverse in any capacity, now's a pretty good time to do it. Um, Again, it might get better, but I also wrote a blog, if you remember this, called An Excuse to Do Nothing. You know, don't sit there and say, well, yeah, prices have dropped and I was right to wait, but they could go lower from here because if you adopt that mentality, then it doesn't matter how much price goes down. You're still never going to pull the trigger because you have this scarcity mindset and you're going to constantly think that this thing could just keep going even lower because in all fairness, you've been right about this so many times already. But the weird thing about crypto and the metaverse and all these things is when things take off, they take off so fast that they're going to leave you behind. And it's the old saying in contrarian investing. I would rather be five years too early than one day too late. So while I really don't have any regrets with anything I invested in in the Cardano ecosystem, this was another one of those things that by now, I expected a lot more movement on. Not in terms of projects really getting done, but I expected a lot of what I bought to go up in value um, because it would just simply get more and more scarce. But you have so many flippers 
in this market and so many people that really bought things they couldn't afford to buy that the secondary market is usually full of NFTs right there for the picking. So even though you may have not had the same level of enthusiasm that some of us did back when those mints were happening right now, simply as a contrarian and a value investor, you really may want to start giving these things a look. Because I hope by now that this is the mentality that you have adopted over the course of this podcast, assuming you were not in that headspace already to begin with. Because while you yourself are going to make a lot of good calls and a lot of bad calls, when you're a contrarian investor and you're looking for that asymmetry, all it takes is a few good ones to erase every single bad one. But you just have to think differently than everybody else. Investing in volatile assets and then getting excited when they drop and you lose a bunch of money is batshit bonkers crazy to most people. But we already know we're not crazy. We're just early. <laughs>